This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. The FBI in Peace and War. Another great story based on Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI in Peace and War. Drama, thrills, action. Tonight's story, Strictly Business. I'd like to see Mr. Farley, please. Yes, sir. Do you have an appointment? Well, no, I guess I don't. Uh, is that necessary? Well, usually. What did you wish to see Mr. Farley about? Perhaps I could help you. Well, I wanted to see him about renting a piece of property. I uh, saw your sign on the storefront. Well, I'll see if Mr. Farley's busy. And what is your name, please? Dennis. Hubert Dennis. Well, sit down, Mr. Dennis. I'll tell Mr. Farley you're here. Now, Jim, that piece is worth $40 a front foot. I don't care if anyone's... Oh, hold it just a second, will you? What do you want, Agnes? There's a Mr. Dennis outside. He wants to talk to you about renting some property. Well, what property? Can't you see I'm busy, Agnes? Find out what he wants. Tell him to wait. Yes, sir. Hello, Jim. This is Agnes. I'm sorry, Mr. Dennis. Mr. Farley is busy right now. If you could tell me the property you're interested in. Oh, of course. It's the Hawthorne building out on Main Avenue. I, uh, I'm with the real estate division of the Windsor Chain Stores, and we might be interested. Windsor Chain Stores? Yes. You've heard of us? Well, indeed, I... Have. Um, Mr. Farley ought to be through with that phone call. I'll, um, I'll check him again. Well, $35 a front foot, Jim. And not a penny... Agnes, for the love of heaven... Mr. Farley, Mr. Dennis is with the Windsor chain stores, and they want to rent the Hawthorne building. Jim, I'll call you right back. Something big just came in the front door. Windsor chain stores? Why didn't you say so in the first place? Oh, uh, Mr. Dennis, a pleasure to see you, sir. Come right into my office, please. Leslie Hubert St. Dennis, with 25 aliases, was a mild-mannered swindler who had worked the art of the easy dollar for 20 years. It was considered by all law enforcement agencies to be a very difficult man to catch. His face was not distinctive, he had no peculiar habits, he dressed conservatively, lived modestly, and stole an unobtrusive eight to 10,000 a year. By criminal standards, Hubert Dennis was strictly business. And up to the spring of 1952, quite a success. But you would never think it to look at him, this mild little guy in the real estate division of an outfit like Windsor Chainstone. Uh, never mind the mild little guy. How much rental did you ask him for the building? Well, Sam, as your broker and a personal friend How besides... How much, Ed? Well, I asked an annual rental of $40,000 or 1% of the gross, whichever was higher. What did he say? Well, first he said it was a lot of money. It is a lot of money. I'll take half. Now, Sam, as your broker and personal friend... Well, they give friend... me half. I've been stuck with that building for two years, Ed. Money going down the drain, nothing coming in. Sam, as your Settle friend... Settle for 18000 Ed, but get a nice long lease. If I got one of the Windsor stores in my building... Sam, as your I'll broker... I'll tell you what, take 16000 Or one half percent if they'll sign a ten-year lease. Sam, are you through? Yeah. You got any of those bicarbon pills around? No, you ate them all last time somebody got interested in your building... Now, look, Sam, it's almost 5 o'clock. Go back to your office. Let me handle this, will you? All right, Ed, you handle it. Do anything you want. But please, get somebody in that building before the mice take over. Will you stop worrying, Sam? I think we're out of something solid this time. Uh, come in. Uh, Mr. Dennis was on the phone, Mr. Farley. Oh, thank you, Agnes. Uh, Hello. No, sir, he was on the phone, but he isn't now. He, um, he, he talked to me, Mr. Farley. Well, what did he want? Why didn't you put him through to me? Well, I was going to, Mr. Farley, but all he wanted... 
to know. Yes? He wanted to know what was a nice place to eat dinner. Do we... Is that all? No, sir. He also wanted to know... Well, seeing as he was a stranger in town, he wanted to know if you didn't mind if he asked me to come with him if I didn't mind. Ed. Yes, Sam. Maybe 20000 is a little low. Maybe it is, Sam. Agnes. Yes, sir. You like your job here? Yes, sir. All right. Then get out of this office and have dinner with Mr. Dennis. And stop by the flower shop and get yourself an orchid. <laughs> well, go on, Agnes. Get going. Don't stand there with your mouth open. racket employed by Leslie Hubert St. Dennis was simple and quite effective. Having established himself as a representative of some large company, usually a chain store, he then proceeded to set up a little competition to stimulate the act. Yes, I think you've got a good, solid location here, Mr. Farley. And plenty of floor space, too. Well, I'm glad you like it, Mr. Dennis. There's been some pretty keen bidding for this location, but Sam Archer doesn't want just anybody in this building. He wants an outfit with class. Yes, I imagine so. Uh, could we sit down a minute? My feet hurt. <laughs> of course. I, I think I've walked through every vacant store in Norbury these last four days. I'll bet you have. I wear arch supports, but by the time I make up my mind on a location, I'm pretty beat. Oh, I can imagine. Of course, after four days, I've got it pretty well narrowed down, you might say. It takes a bit of doing, though, doesn't it? Yes, it does. But I think it's between this location and that one down on West Street. Oh? Naturally, I... I don't make the final decision. I, I mean, that's up to the head of the department. But mostly they follow my recommendations. Well, with your experience, I should think they would. Well, they do mostly. It's quite a responsibility, I guess. I'll bet it is. If they paid me in proportion to that, I'd be making pretty good money. But you know how it is with a big outfit like Windsor. Kind of close, huh? <laughs> well, they aren't giving anything away, I'll tell you that much. My, it's four o'clock already. I, I'd better get back to the hotel for my nap. Well, I'll drop you off, Mr. Dennis. Oh, no, don't bother, please. Uh, I'll uh, window shop and pretend I can afford all the nice things I see. <laughs> Shall I call you tomorrow? Uh, no, don't call me, Mr. Foley. I'll call you. Hello? Hello, Sam. It's me, Ed. I'm on your extension over at the building. So what happened? Well, nothing yet, Sam, but I think I see a way to swing this. Yeah? How? I can't tell you over the phone. It wouldn't be ethical. Oh, is it that good? I think so, Sam. So stay in your office. I'm coming right over. Although Leslie Hubert St. Dennis was a mild-mannered man, he concealed underneath this placid exterior a rather romantic nature. His success with the ladies was revealed when Agent Reynolds and I talked with Mrs. Nora Wilkins. Mrs. Wilkins was a bookkeeper in an office where Dennis had pulled one of his swindles. So you knew, Mrs. Wilkins, that the police were looking for Dennis? Well, yes, I guess I did, in a kind of a way. And yet you didn't tell anybody that you and Mr. Dennis were quite friendly during his stay here. Well, why should I tell anybody? All we did was go to a couple of dinners, and one afternoon he took me for a ride in his car. Wasn't there some talk of marriage, Mrs. Wilkins? It was not. Whoever said such a thing? Your sister. We talked to her this morning. Well, it's not true. Or maybe he might have mentioned it in a letter or something like that. He wrote to you? Uh, a couple of times. Do you have those letters, Mrs. Wilkins? No, I, I, I don't think so. Mrs. Wilkins... Well, maybe I have, but I won't give them to you. I refuse. You can't make me. 
I don't believe all these things you're saying about Hubert. I don't believe any of them. Mrs. Wilkins. I'm not going to tell you anything. Hubert was a fine and sensitive man. People just never understood him, that's all. Well, we'll be back to talk to you later in the day, Mrs. Wilkins. You're wasting your time. I'm not going to tell you anything. We'll be here around five. Please don't go out before that. When did the sister say the last letters came? About three weeks ago. From Norbury, Ohio. <laughs> He's quite the lady killer, isn't he? Yeah. In addition to all those other talents. <laughs> Where to now? How about another talk with the owner of that loft building? We could always use more background on the dentist technique. <laughs> But that's the whole point, Sam. He couldn't come right out and say that he wanted money, now could he? I don't know, Ed. It's kind of risky. Now look, he told me the Windsor people didn't pay him enough. He practically drew me a diagram, didn't he? Well, maybe so, but offering a man a bribe... What do you mean a bribe? Why, all you're going to do is give him a little tip. $4,500 is more than a little tip. All right, then. Let him recommend that location over on West Street. Go right ahead. Spend another year's upkeep on your white elephant. Ed, this is a matter of principle. I, I think... Okay, don't offer him 4500 Try him with thirty-five and see if that's enough. Well, that isn't what I meant. I don't think you can get him for less, though, Sam. What I meant... You could try 2500 but he might get insulted and drop the whole deal. What I meant, Ed, I think maybe you ought to pay half of this. I... What? You're going to get a nice commission, aren't you? Sam, I'm working for peanuts as it is. Five percent of a ten-year lease at 40000 is not peanuts. Well, Sam, if I'd thought you'd misunderstand my suggestion... I don't misunderstand at all. You want to bribe this guy to recommend my property? Okay, we bribe him. But half of this is going to be on your conscience, Ed. And half on mine. I won't take it all. Uh, all right, Sam, if that's the way you feel about it. I guess there's no use fighting. Okay, now what are we going to offer him? Well, since you've got a conscience all of a sudden, you tell me. We'll try 45, seeing as you're paying half. Thanks. Oh, don't mention it. When do you want the money? The sooner the better, I guess. We can't let this deal hang forever. Find the deal and go away, and I won't ever see you again, will I, Hubert? No, I wouldn't say that, Agnes. No, it's true. We're just just two ships that pass in the night, I guess. Chicago's not such a long way from Norbury, Agnes. Oh, yes, it is a million miles away. Agnes, hmm? you ever been to Chicago? One. You like it? Oh, it's the most beautiful city in the whole world. That's what I think. You'd like to live there, wouldn't you? More than anything. Me too. I'd like to give up all this traveling and settle down and, well, a lot of things. If I could only save a little money. I know, that's always the trouble. I wouldn't take much. Four or five thousand. Just four or five thousand or a slice off the moon. Oh, it isn't as bad as all that. I might get that in the next few days. Oh, Hubert, don't joke. Where could you get all that without stealing it? Well, I'm not sure, of course, but... I just have an idea that Mr. Archer might want to, uh, well, influence my decision on a store location. With money? <laughs> it's the usual way. Well, Mr. Archer's the stingiest. Hubert, isn't that unethical? Of course not. It's done all the time. Sometimes they send me presents, sometimes take me out to dinner. Agnes, hmm? are you serious about living in Chicago? Of course. You won't be angry if I ask you to do something for both of us? What, Hubert? Well, 
I want to be sure Mr. Archer sends me a present. What do you want me to do? He'll be in your office tomorrow to talk to Mr. Farley. They'll want to know if I told you anything tonight about business. They will? Mm-hmm. You tell them, yes, I did tell you something. I told you I just couldn't make up my mind which location to recommend. Can't you? I can if I'm uh, influenced a little. Oh, I see. Would you do that, Agnes? For us? You and me, Hubert? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Hubert. Thank you, Agnes. That's all right. And after all, it isn't really a lie, Agnes. Yes, it is, Hubert. But it isn't really a very big one. Having found that Dennis had written a letter from Norbury, Ohio, Agent Reynolds and I made this our next stop. By this time, we were familiar with the Dennis real estate swindle, so we asked the local Chamber of Commerce to give us a list of real estate offices dealing in business properties. It took several days to cover these offices where we showed pictures of Dennis, but finally, Agent Reynolds was successful. Well, I'm sure there's some kind of mistake, Mr. Reynolds. Mr. Dennis is with the real estate division of the Windsor Chain Stores. You just said you recognized that picture, Mr. Farley. Well, yes, I did, but it's impossible. I know. Well, I mean, the man knew all about real estate. He discussed the lease. He set up a percentage agreement. Dennis has been swindling for 20 years, Mr. Farley. How much was your client going to give him to get a favorable recommendation? $4,500. Oh, wait till Sam Archer hears about this. That's your client's name? Yes, and I brought Dennis to him. I recommended the deal. I even suggested the... Well, the $4,500. Uh-huh. I guess this ought to be a lesson to me. I'll leave that up to you. Do you have any idea where Dennis is staying, Mr. Farley? No, no, I don't. But he does have an appointment here at 11 in the morning. Yes, with Mr. Archer and me. I'll be here if that's all right with you. Why, of course. And where's Mr. Archer's office? I'd like to talk to him. He's over at 14 Main Street. Poor Sam's going to be an awful shock when he finds out he isn't renting his property. You better break it to him gently, Mr. Reynolds. I will. And you'll be here tomorrow at 11? That's right. See you then, Mr. Farley. And goodbye. Oh, uh, Agnes, uh, get Mr. Archer for me, please. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Farley? Yes? I couldn't help overhearing. Um, is, is the deal with Mr. Dennis off? You bet it is, Agnes. Mr. Dennis is a swindler, and that man who just left here is an agent of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, I'll take Mr. Archer's call in my office. I drove by your office and saw the lights out, so I thought I'd catch you on the way home. Figured you'd walk through the park, so I've been... Agnes, wait a minute, please. Yes, Hubert? I was just coming to pick you up for a surprise dinner. Agnes, for goodness sake, what's the matter? Hubert, I think the best thing you can do is get back in your car and go on your way. I'll do no such thing. You'd better, Hubert, while there's still time. Agnes, you tell me what's the matter immediately. Hubert, how could you? How could I what? After I believed you and kept it to... Oh, Hubert! Oh, Agnes, you get in the car and I'll drive you home. Go away, please. Now, look, you can't stand here in a public park and cry like that without at least... Te- Agnes, come here. Help me! Sit right down on this bench and tell me... You're hurting me, Hubert. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sit down, please. That's better. 
You've got a clean hanky. Oh, dear. Hey. Now look, Agnes. There was an agent of the FBI in the office about an hour ago, and he was looking for you. A what? An agent of the FBI. They're going to arrest you for swindling. Agnes, someone has made a very grave mistake. No, Hubert, Mr. Farley saw your picture. There's no mistake. My picture? Your criminal picture with a number under it. Mr. Farley saw it? Yes, Hubert. Agnes, you don't believe this. Yes, I do. You believe that I... Yes, Hubert, I do. I thought you had more faith. So did I. This morning I would have said that nothing could ever change how I felt. Agnes, if your feelings were really deep this and morning true... morning I would have said, Hubert, I'll go to Chicago with you. I'll go anywhere. May I, I say that... I would have gone to China this morning. And now, just because you find out I let a few greedy men give me presents... No, it isn't that, Hubert. I might even have forgiven you that. You might have? Yes. Well, then, for heaven's sake, it's Agnes... her. Her? Not only her, them... All those women, Hubert. Mr. Farley told me Mrs. Nora Wilkins, Miss Dorothy Bremer, and all the others. He told me how you won their hearts and went away. You're a wolfer, Hubert. And just a little while ago, I was a ship that passed in the night. Agnes, why didn't you tell the FBI man where I live? I did. He must have just missed you. You did? You mean you... Yes, I did. Well, I think I'll be on my way, Agnes. Uh, goodbye, dear. Goodbye, Hubert. Goodbye, dear. Oh, officer. Yes, ma'am? Officer, the man that just drove by in that car is wanted by the FBI. His license number is Ohio 12412. You better hurry. You might get away. A citywide alarm caught Dennis within minutes after his car had left the park. Brought back to Ohio, he was charged with fraud and pled guilty. In view of Dennis' long record, he was given a term of five years in prison. Mr. Farley and Mr. Archer now conduct their affairs along lines that are strictly business. This radio dramatization for the FBI and Peace in War was written by Louis Pelletier. These programs are produced and directed by Betty Mandeville. All names and characters used on the program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This program is based upon Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI in Peace and War, and the broadcast does not imply endorsement, authorization, or approval by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. We pause now for station identification.